listening to sermon audio from Grace Mosaic, a congregation of the Grace DC Network in Northeast DC. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org. A few weeks ago, my kids and I had a chance to rewatch the animation classic, The Incredibles. I know, classic, we're all getting old, aren't we? One scene that always gets some chuckles out of us as we were watching it again was when Bob, already in a bad mood, coming home from work, parks his car, he slips on a skateboard, steadies himself on the car, and proceeds to just crush the roof of his car. And then, out of frustration in that moment, he slams the door, not knowing his superhero strength, smashes the door, shatters the window into thousands of pieces. You might say, as you watch that scene, he was someone who, in that moment, Bob, in disguise, Mr. Incredible, who didn't know his strength. The church is often a body that doesn't know its strength. And this is because more fundamentally, we forget the strength of God. The passage we're looking at this morning, briefly, from Ephesians 3, tells us just that. It's a word of doxology, a word of praise for the immeasurable, incalculable power of God that is at work in the church, not just a power in the world at large, but one that he has invested in his saving love into the life of the church. As the apostle talks about this power that God has given to us, he elaborates on this theme with different words that he uses. He he doesn't simply praise God in these verses as a God who is able to do what we ask. Now, that proposition would have been praiseworthy and true. God answers our prayers. Amen. But Paul takes it further, way, way further. He, He adds a word that means exceedingly, Uh, abundantly, beyond measure, extraordinarily. God is able to do exceedingly or abundantly more than what we ask. And and then he takes that word and then he sticks another word at the beginning of it, a preposition, and that word is one that means over or beyond. So now God is able to do beyond abundantly more than what we ask of him. And then Paul then doubles down on that word and he writes it one more time. God is able to do beyond, beyond abundantly more than what we ask. And then he keeps going. He uses a a, a Greek word that is translated in our reading as all. And do you know what that word means in the ancient Greek? It means all. Okay, so no mystery there, but check out what it yields as Paul inserts it into his sentence here. God is able to do beyond, beyond abundantly more than all we ask or think. More than every prayer 
that we pray, more than every longing with which we cry out to God, more than every desire that we carry in our hearts and lift up to God in prayer, God does laps around our requests, surpassing every single one of them. And so the apostle then has stacked up all of these words in this short sentence, almost to the point of redundancy, almost to the point of ridiculousness, simply to declare that God has the power to do beyond, beyond abundantly, beyond exceedingly more than all that we ask God to do. So, what are we asking God to do? As we gather today for our annual Grace DC Network meeting, reflecting on the past year, reviewing budgets and looking forward to the new year, there's just one point of application that I want to raise for us in this short time. How are we praying as a church? Do our prayers reflect an expectant, joyful, powerful belief in the power of God to be able to do exceedingly, beyond abundantly more than all we ask or think? Recently, I read a a statement that I felt resonated so truly, so convictingly, that was spoken by a pastor up in Astoria in New York City, Pastor Hernandez. And he said this, if we're praying prayers as a church that a big checkbook could answer, we're not praying big enough. And I wonder if we could expand on that and say, if if we're praying prayers that our human talents or ingenuity, our abilities, our human resources, our wise planning could solve, then perhaps we're not praying big enough. What would it be like to pray prayers that are so big, so immense, that it would be impossible? It would be impossible for those things to materialize, to come true, unless Jesus truly were risen from the dead. What if we were to pray prayers in the coming year that are marked not by a spirit of scarcity, though we are indeed in a season of scarcity in the midst of global pandemic and civil unrest and all the rest. What if we were to pray prayers not with a spirit of scarcity, looking just for our mere survival, but rather if we were to pray prayers that are marked by a spirit of divine abundance? Believing in God's superlative power. What if we prayed not just for personal survival in this pandemic? What if we prayed that we emerge from this hardship personally transformed? What if we prayed not just for the reopening of our physical in-person Sunday services? What if we prayed for the revitalization of our neighborhood witness as we reopen? Such that in the coming year, that even despite the odds, that God would actually increase our contact with our local neighbors. That somehow more people than ever would come to know Jesus for the first time in our midst, even with our masks on. 
Because God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. What if we prayed not just for the stability of our church's finances in this season of economic uncertainty? What if we prayed not just for financial survivability? What if we prayed for financial flourishing that resulted in missional generosity? Because God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask Or think, what if we prayed not just for the restoration of our city's economy, and that just for our own sake, but rather for our neighbor's sake? And not just a return to the economy as it was, what if we prayed for a renewal of our economy, that it would be more just, more of a blessing to more of our neighbors, including especially our neighbors who struggle in poverty? who struggle with a variety of needs? What if we prayed not just for the safety of our city as it continues to be embroiled in conflict and protest? What if we prayed not just for the absence of tension, but rather for the presence of justice? What if we prayed that the District of Columbia might become a radiant and righteous example for all to behold of what community-based racial equity justice, and shalom could actually be like, and especially for our black neighbors? What if we prayed that Christians and churches would be at the center of that work in our city, but doing so in a way that deflected credit and refused to draw attention to ourselves? What if we prayed like that? Because God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. And what if we prayed not just for specific needs, but rather for the glory of God in the church? What if our primary prayer and our overarching prayer became, God, show us your glory, as Paul himself invites us to pray for the glory of God in the church? And what if we prayed that the glory of God would be seen and known not only here and now, but as Paul says in verse 21, throughout all generations, such that even our children would say and that they would say and testify to their children even, let me tell you what God did in 2020 and 2021. Let me tell you what God did, how his glory showed up, because I was there. Because we're praying to a God who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. What if we prayed like this because we believe that when God, when Paul says in verse 20, that God acts in our midst according to the power at work within us, that what he's reminding us is that what we have is nothing less than the Holy Spirit himself. And that that spirit is the very same spirit that had power to raise Jesus from the dead. And if that's true, then we are a radioactive community and with limitless potential of what God can do in us and indeed even through us because he's a God who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. And dear friends, do you notice, though, how do you begin to pray like that? Maybe you feel weak. Maybe you're having a hard time, as I often do, lifting your eyes off of your immediate circumstances and even the church's circumstances, a hard time lifting your eyes up to be able to pray like that. How do we begin to pray like that? 
you know what? Not by praying like that, not first, but rather by praising like that. By lifting our eyes to see a God who is able like that. By singing doxology together with the saints, saying hallelujah. You are worthy. Hallelujah. You get the highest praise. Hallelujah. You are holy. Lord, we exalt your name for you have done great things and you will do great things. We believe. Help us in our unbelief. Indeed, you are able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. We believe. We see. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Grace Mosaic. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org.